November 6th or sooner. Who voted? Who voted? Oh, wow. Everybody voted already? No kidding. Every, let me see it again. Who voted? Then what the hell am I doing here tonight? Goodbye. <laughs> the, the numbers of people who have already voted would lead pollsters to believe that this is going to be the biggest turnout in a hundred years since 1914. And people turned out then to vote to keep us out of World War One. Less than a week remaining until Election Day, voters in at least 17 states have already surpassed early and absentee votings, voting numbers from the last midterm. Well, I would hope that was the lowest 2014 turnout since since World War II, which but is astounding. In some cases, early and absentee vote totals are on track to double since four years ago. Double. And the numbers are so high in some states that early voting may exceed total vote counts, including Election Day, from four years ago. So that's interesting. We could go from the lowest in 80 years mm-hmm. to the highest in 100 years yeah. in, in you know one midterm to the next. But like, like I've been saying, if we don't have a record turnout, then what are we doing as a country since everything is about freaking politics all the time, including football games and award shows and and uh, and recipe books and freaking anything you right. can come up with is about politics. If we don't have a high turnout, then we all got to shut up. I, I would hope that as long as we're all getting brutally tribal again over politicians, which is the last place to put your hopes and dreams, I, as long as we're getting brutally tribal, we might as well show up to the ceremonial dance, you know, right. <laughs> we might as well. Put on the headdress and do our thing. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, uh, this is the WAPO. The heightened participation reflects, in part, a surge of interest among Democrats who stayed home in large numbers in 2014. But data from several battleground states uh, blah, 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 shows Republicans are also very engaged. Yeah. So everybody is. Yeah. As much as they were four years ago. Um. There's no doubt elections are becoming more nationalized uh, and have been uh, cycle by cycle, which is not good. The idea that people actually are voting for or against Trump in their congressional race mm-hmm. or for their states, you know, the the senator that represents their state just seems crazy to me. I'm sure that's happening more than it used to happen. But for instance... I saw the other day, and this is what I'm always saying when they when they talk about the blue wave and red red wave, red wave, and they always make it about Bush or Obama or Trump. And I always it's because say the national mainstream media can comprehend that it's easy, and they don't do enough homework to figure out what the sixth district in Florida what they what the big issue is there. I don't know why it wouldn't probably take that much time to read the local newspaper for a couple of cycles and figure out what they care about, but but, but it's usually issues that you don't even know about. That what people are voting on. Mm-hmm. And one example is um, this really tight race for senator in Arizona that's getting so much attention. And as usual, the national media is making it all about Trump. Well, I heard uh, one reporter when they sat down with a local Arizona uh, a newspaper reporter who said, it's all about the education issue, the big education issue here when the teachers walked out. that's You're either for that or against it. And it's really split the state in two. And I thought... I kind of remember that. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was about. It is the issue in Arizona. It's not 
about Trump, yes or no, it's about that teacher walkout right. in Arizona. And there's there are issues like that all over the country. Which is interesting, because that's not the sort of thing a senator would really deal with. But, well, but once, you're either with me or against me. But one senator is, is for it and one is against it. Right. So that yeah, is, it. that you see that as your person or not. Right, right. The idea that the national media takes that it's, it's a vote for Trump or against him is just stupid. That's a great narrative, though. If you're the drive-by media, to quote El Rushbow. So turnout in 2014, which you've mentioned, was incredibly low. 37% of eligible voters nationwide. Lowest since WW2, when we had millions of people overseas turning back the Nazis. And the Japanese, never forget. Um, and California was an outlier among among states, like 20-some percent turned out in California. Yikes. It's just insanely low, in the biggest state in the country. In the uh, Yeah, it's funny. There's a fawning tribute to Gavin Newsom in The New Yorker this week, and one of the points they make is that uh, California is going to be the vanguard of the resistance, and there's one quote that almost made me upchuck a little bit. Um, uh, Gavin Newsom says that California's gubernatorial election will anoint, quote, the next head of the resistance. Yeah, right. That language is a little much for me. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, so uh, record low, uh, 2014. Did you know that the fabulous turnout in 2016 was 61% of eligible voters, which by international standards is sad? Oh, yeah. It is It is amazing with all the um, the attention. I mean, people that aren't even into politics were into Trump versus Clinton, and you still only get 60%. But what I didn't realize was that was almost exactly the same as 2012, when it was uh, Obama-Romney. Would Obama get a second term? Okay. So there was a tremendous amount of heat and attention and media frenzy, but turnout really didn't change And i got to believe that's mostly on the young end. To your original point of... If we're going to be screaming at each other and hating each other and afraid to admit which way we swing politically in offices and schools around the country, particularly in the progressive West, where you can't disagree, you're a bad person, uh, you might as well freaking vote. But I don't know. I don't know. Politics is ridiculous. Yeah, we went. Uh, I don't know if you went through any more of these. Uh, why young people don't vote? They had twelve. No, we didn't. I, I was going to save that in case you came back today, but it's great. I love it. <clears throat> twelve people that the twelve young people that didn't vote. They ask them, and the, the most of them, it's a it's a variety of it. Didn't get registered in time, or I didn't. I couldn't find my absentee something or other, mm-hmm. or I didn't get this in. And it's a it's a paperwork issue. It's a it's a it's the mechanics of voting issue. I tweeted hashtag vote and nothing happened, man. <laughs> yeah, nice. There is one kid who I want to just kiss right on the head like he's my own son, right on the forehead like he's my boy, who said, you know, I just don't think I know enough to vote. And honestly, the kid describes what he reads and what he thinks and the rest of it. And I'm thinking, I want you to vote twice. Right. It's somebody who's pretty educated. So. It, it, he was a classic example of the person who's smart enough to understand how not smart he is. God dang it. Go to a Walmart and look around. Some of those people are voting. You can vote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the other can happen to you also. I'm going to spend all this time learning and reading and studying the issues, and then that person's going to vote opposite of me, and it cancels out. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't look at it that it's way. It's discouraging. <laughs> if you're not registered to vote, register and vote. There's some good advice. So I don't do a lot of shopping for the family. It's just not kind of the, it's not the way things fall out, but 
so I'm not often in the big stores. I wanted a frozen pizza on the way home because Judy was out the other night. And uh, and I wanted to go to a grocery store, but the Target was right on the way. And I don't know if you know this, Target has food now. So I go into my local We do Target. most of our grocery shopping at Target. And I figured it's right on the way, so that'll save me a few minutes of driving. Um, but it, it actually cost me time because it's a 15-minute walk from the entrance all the way over to the groceries. <laughs> the place is vast. Yeah, they're big. I mean, seriously. I'm a Target stockholder, so anytime I say something like, we buy most of our groceries at Target, I think I'm breaking the law. You are absolutely breaking the law, and I won't have it. But if there are any Targets that fail around the country, let's just hollow it out. When that uh, migrant caravan shows up, we'll just shuttle them into that Target, tell them, hey, set up a city, let us know if you need any help. Because it's big enough to house the thousands. Hey, somebody told me Costco's pumpkin pie is really good. Do you know, Michael? Yeah, I think it is actually very good. I think we've had it. Now and I am assuming it. you're saying so-so, Hanson? Yeah, I had one. It was it was all right. Okay. okay. It was huge, though. I yeah. tell you what, they make them bigger than everybody <laughs> you know, else. I'll well, give there them you that. go. It won't fit in your Qual- fridge. Quality is, is at, overall quality is like taste quality times volume. Not surprising it's the size of a car tire, but that's funny. That friend of mine who said Costco's got a good pumpkin pie, he might have meant... It's huge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's really giant for the cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want one that tastes like a pumpkin pie. The, it's really hard to get a pumpkin pie that tastes homemade at a store. Correct. For some reason. It tastes like pumpkin pie, but it doesn't taste like homemade pumpkin yeah. pie. And there's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I know a fair number of people who uh, I've finally gotten hip to this. They say they really like a restaurant. Then it turns out they like it because it gives enormous portions. Oh, yeah. Which wow. is the last yeah. thing I need is bigger portions. The last thing anybody needs. Unless you're nine feet tall and you're a manual laborer, you don't need nobody does. <laughs> the worst thing that can happen to me is I go out to a restaurant and I leave and I'm still hungry. How often does that happen? From the restaurants that some of these ladies are suggesting quite well, often. Yeah, fan, yeah, yeah. Stupid plating and small portions and appetizer before the undersized entree. It's okay, good. Now I need to go the eat something. The most expensive restaurant I ever went to, I left hungry, a French restaurant. They brought Please. you like a tiny little quarter-sized something or other. That was your meat. Right. What? La, forget it. If you see la or le, <laughs> hit the road. Just get, get running. <laughs> Or, or plan a stop for burgers on the way home. Plays the French. Like how many skinny chain smoking beret wearing sons of guns? I don't know how many oysters it would take for me to be full. Right, but it's way more than I'm willing to eat. Oh. <laughs> Grr. There's a chance I'm gonna chunder if I do that. Are you gonna make me go home, boy? So you're you're like sweating and coughing and sneezing and ready to chunder. This is a new, um, new phenomenon with my illness. The Feeling like I'm gonna yak. I'm sorry to hear that. I yeah. I uh, let's have a vote. Just don't do uh, it during the commercials. <laughs> just go. Yeah. Just go. God Be gone. It. Oh, disease bag. Disease. That's bag. that's a that's little a, dismissive. <laughs> I think I heard power through. Jack. Some would say there that's dehumanizing. Power you through. you're like a coward senator who knows the bill is passed and now you're voting against it because you know it won't matter. Because you're from a moderate district, you coward! Wow. Everything He's trying is... to curry favor with Jack! Everything is about politics in the modern age. <laughs> Everything. I guess there's a new political ad we have to run. I, I haven't heard this one yet. It's controversial. Getting yeah. a lot of play on the web. We have to air it. Prominent up beloved next. actor says the blood will run in the streets if the Democrats uh, don't win this election. Did you hear Howard Dean said Trump is evil? 
Is that lowering the temperature for the mentally ill and the dangerous out there that saying the president is evil by the former DNC chair? Politicians put on and take off principles like clothing. They put them on when it suits them. (laughs) Does that sound like a hinged man? Right. That man is unhinged. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Positive Sean, and I approve of this message. Jack Armstrong is unhinged. Hambone, Hambone, what do you say? He makes up his own words. Fabu. He does whatever the heck this is. He goes on rhyming sprees for no reason at all. The bills and the thrills and the pills that kill. When he's not involved in syllable-based chicanery, he advocates violence. I kicked Stedman in the sack. Physical assault isn't the only assault on the menu. I would like to welcome my genitals to this table for the first time. It wasn't the first time, and it wouldn't be the last. A man called Jack Armstrong just can't make up his mind. Is it really cold in here? I'm really hot. You won't hear much compassion from him either. The world makes my ass tired. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Jack. Vote positive. What, what? Paid for by the Positive Sean Super Pack. There you go. Um, Scandal. Uh, got a couple of texts. The Costco pie is exceptionally good. The Costco pumpkin pie. So maybe you've had a different one or you just have a different opinion. This could be handsome. Let's not fight. Um, can uh, I don't know if you've heard the... Heard pie the, partisanship. <laughs> By the way, have you heard the latest on Harvey Weinstein? I want him to be sent to the same prison that Whitey Bulger got sent to. Oh! Woo! It's a little eye plucky in there. 16-year-old virgin that Harvey Weinstein forced what? himself upon when she he discovered her and was going to make her a star. Oh, boy. Just freaking, he's not a freaking monster. Send him to the same prison Whitey Bulger went to. Wow. Can you do that? Is that an option? Um, so, uh, we were supposed to lower the temperature in this country after the shootings, right? Because Trump says mean stuff and everybody else was saying mean stuff and we gotta, we gotta stop talking that Steve way. Scalise got shot and, uh, the rest of it. Yeah. The synagogue shooting, right. Do you remember Howard Dean ran for president once and, uh, he was the DNC chair for a while. Here's him the other day. This has now become a struggle about good versus evil. And the president of the United States is evil. So how does that play in the mind of a crazy person? It's a struggle between good and evil, and the president is evil. Mm. I think your side should lower the rhetoric, No, but it's, says the Democrats. I think your side should, say the Republicans. No, but this, this is different because he actually is evil, which each side gets to say all right. the time. And so ends the uh, brief detente. And I, I saw um, Joe Biden the other day, and I'll tell you what, Joe Biden does not sound old. He looks old, but he does not sound old, mm-hmm. um, which helps him a lot in terms of running for president. And he does that. He does uh, unhappy white working class better than anybody. And, boy, he can take on Trump in that arena. But um, the other day, he was talking about various Trump's th- things Trump has said, and he said, Trump is a liar. And I thought, okay, he's, he's, he's going to play by those rules. Yeah. 
And the crowd went crazy that he was talking to. So right, we're gonna right. <laughs> he's gonna out Trump Trump. If he's the nominee, we're gonna have a lot of he's a liar, no, he's a liar. Oh boy. Which I don't know how that works. But. Well, and that's that's only uh, you know, a couple of steps away, and given these two individuals, those steps will be taken. Uh only a couple of steps away from yeah, he's an a hole. He's an a hole. That'd be something if he's a Trump. liar and a thief. Yeah, he's a hack and a the d- 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 cat rapist. Who knows where it land? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Where's the finish line? Did you just bring up 2020? Oh, what are you kidding? Son of a bitch. Are you kidding? We're there, man. No. (laughs) And if you're not feeling it now, you'll be feeling it Wednesday. No! Day after, you'll start seeing the first polls. Far scarier than Halloween. Constant talk about the presidential election. Uh, Two straight years. Uh, Kill me now. Uh, There's so much time. How many controversial Trump things are there going to be in the two years up to a presidential election day? Well, you can count on... How many days are there? Yeah, there wouldn't be one a day, but there'd be one every two or three days. I was going to say point seven. The number of days times point seven. That's that will good. be the number of controversies. That's pretty good. And then you got to factor in world events. Uh, could be anything. Terrorist attack, economic downturn, hopefully not either one, but... Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think you should vote. I think it's really important to turn out, especially in midterms, because the turnout is so low, you have a disproportionate uh, effect on you know, what happens. On the other hand, I don't think, and I've made this pretty clear, I don't think you should be obsessively tying your ego to politics. I think it's unhealthy. And politicians especially. I think that's a terrible, terrible idea. You've picked the wrong heroes. And to that end, I, I would like to share some of my favorite quotes from my favorite journalist of all time, H.L. Mencken. Your heroes should be musicians. That's right. Guitar players and actors like old James Cromwell. Remember him? That'll do, pig. Who says uh, <laughs> if the uh, Democrats lose, there will be blood running in the streets. Wow. Yeah, right. Anyway, here's what uh, Mencken said. Uh, well, he said a lot of different things. The whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence... Clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Keep you scared. Strategy number one. Many would say the caravan is that? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's overblown. Of course it's overblown. It's a legitimate issue, but, you know. Given what you've told us that, what's, 1,500 a week come anyway? I think it's it's more like 1,500 a day. But so it's like. It doesn't matter. Even if it were a week, it'd still be the same point. So it's like a particularly busy day. (laughs) Government is a broker in pillage, meaning they take, and every election is sort of an advanced auction in stolen goods. That is government. This is one of my favorites. Democracy is a pathetic belief in the collective wisdom of individual ignorance. Yipes. And finally this. Democracy, too, is a religion. It is the worship of jackals by jackasses. Jot that one down, would you? Think about it. A couple of those would lead you to believe that democracies just doesn't work, period. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, home prices have finally hit a wall in the West, and the noble art of falconries caught up in a major constitutional battle. What? Uh-oh. I got a friend who's a falconer. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
naked woman falls through ceiling of restaurant is an interesting story. Yeah. Half naked woman falls through ceiling of restaurant twice is a great story. <laughs> same restaurant? Yes, sir. Wow. Same restaurant, same night. Hard to get a table. Ah, apparently. Uh, Marshall Phillips has our news. We'll get to that story eventually. Marshall? Well, President Trump really on a midterm roll right now, saying he might go ahead and send thousands more active-duty troops to the southern border to stop that migrant caravan from Central America. He was telling White House reporters... We have about 5,008. We'll go up to anywhere between ten and 15,000 military personnel on top of Border Patrol, ICE... And at his rally in Florida last night, Trump hit the Democrats hard in the question of birthright citizenship. Hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrant children are made automatic citizens every year because of this crazy policy, and they are all made instantly eligible for every privilege and benefit of American citizenship at a cost of billions of dollars a year. That's what it costs, billions. I understand he backtracked from his vow to use an executive order yesterday and said Congress is probably the right place to pursue this. He has gone back and forth and back and forth on that. But again, we're, we're, we're in the fevered last week yes. before an election. Yes. There's so much ridiculous stuff going back and forth that people are literally screaming at each other in the streets about that will be forgotten next Wednesday. <laughs> right, right, day after. Right. Home prices have finally hit a wall in the West. Over the last couple of months, it's being reported some of the West's hottest real estate markets have been reporting growing inventories of homes and sagging prices. A new stage in the home buying dynamic being caused by the fact that home prices have risen beyond most people's ability to pay and rising interest rates. Because of this turnaround, buyers are starting to regain the upper hand, the experts are saying. Some of the biggest downturns are in markets that have been red hot for the last five years at least, namely the San Francisco Bay Area, San Diego, L.A., and Seattle. In other words, the most expensive places on earth to live, yes. with a couple of exceptions. I just, I, I'm, I was just reading about this, oddly enough, during the commercials, Marsh, and I hope this is, and it seems like it is, the market functioning the way a market ought to. But it's finally gotten to the point where people are thinking, what the hell, I'm not spending that on a house. I'll rent or or move to the suburbs or whatever. Um, As opposed to the whole 05 through 08 fracas in which it was untethered government policy demanding banks lend to people who couldn't afford it. And then the bizarre and difficult to comprehend financial instruments that Wall Street was selling to various international investors and and browbeating right. the banks again to lend to everybody. Give it to anybody. We'll, 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 right. Our analysts will call them a triple A, even though they're crackheads uh, borrowing a, right. a million dollars for a house and can't possibly. End. We don't care. We just don't care. Write the loads. I'm thinking now is a little more sane. Now, hoping this is just a market functioning like a market, not the sign of a bubble bursting. Yeah, correction along the way. Who, who knows? There was so much going on before the crash that right. led to the crash that we didn't know. Right. As a non-homeowner, I got my head on a swivel. I'm looking for an opportunity to pounce. Got to get that home. I'm trying to do that in the next Well, as a guy who owns time. a home, I'd hope you don't get it. But <laughs> who knows? A century's oh, old. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's also worth pointing out, and I'm glad you pointed out several different markets, that there's no such thing as a national real estate market, right. really. It varies so widely. Right. I mean, you got a, 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 a region like the Bay Area, for instance, that's gotten prohibitively expensive. I mean, you can be, you can literally be making half a million dollars per year and not find a place you want to right. live in. 
Um, that may cool off substantially, which may in turn warm up surrounding markets like Sacramento, mm-hmm. for instance. A centuries-old pastime is now the subject of a federal lawsuit. The suit says the government cannot force people to choose between their pets and their constitutional rights. Do tell. The art, I have a pet, and I cherish my constitutional rights. The art of falconry, capturing, training, and u- using birds of prey to catch wild critters, has been around for more than 2,000 years. Now, Timothy Snowball is an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation. He is representing plaintiffs in the suit. Part of their complaints. As a condition of acquiring a falconry license, licensed falconers are required to waive their Fourth Amendment rights to be free from unreasonable warrantless searches of their private property. This suit is challenging those regulations and others which uh, severely restrict the commercial use of trained falcons. That prohibit falconers from using their birds in presentations, photography, commercials, or any films for profit. That's a real falcon injustice. Um, So, to get a falconing license, a falcon, you've got to say the government can come in and search your Uh, uh, bag of falcon tricks at any point? Apparently, apparently, it is to check out how the falcons are being treated, to look okay. at you know uh, the uh, the expanse around them, and a number of other things. But these are is all this over- really a problem? Do we need that many laws dealing with falcons? Right, right. falconry. Right. I don't know. Anyway, Pacific Legal Foundation has taken up the case, and they are fighting hard. Way to go, PLF! There you I go. heard you, Squawky, standing up for your fellow birds of prey, your fellow raptors. That is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Half-naked woman falls through <laughs> ceiling of restaurant twice. Yes. I guess we're going to break now. All right. We'll go to break now and tell you that story in a moment or two. Apparently, I, the host, am no longer in charge of the show. The news ends a minute and a half early, and then we go to break. What the hell is going on? Is everybody all right? I'm sorry. Do you want me to just stop the music? No! No, it's too late to stop it. Can't stop the music. (laughs) How did this woman, partially naked woman, they don't say what part, which is really a key question. Show me a picture, I'll tell you. How'd she come to fall through the same restaurant ceiling twice? (laughs) Uh, That and stories of perhaps more significance coming. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee of full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. That's Harry Reid, Democrat, former majority leader of the Senate in 1993, explaining how birthright citizenship was dumb 
and a waste of uh, tax dollars and a silly policy that should not exist. That tape came out. The president made a big deal of it. And Harry Reid says that immediately after he proposed the bill in 93, his wife sat him down and set him straight, said, my father was an immigrant. Of course, they don't even address whether he was lawful or unlawful or whether she was born, uh, you know, when he was a permanent resident or not. His status, that's not addressed at all, because, of course, if you pay attention to those particulars, the issue becomes much more complicated. But at any rate, Reed says he immediately, immediately changed his mind. Except here's an op-ed he wrote in the Los Angeles Times more than a year later, still pushing the same legislation. Harry Reid, Democrat, Nevada. The federal government has been grossly irresponsible in its neglect of mounting immigration problems, even as these problems place unbearable burdens on states like California. Thanks for the tip of the cap, Harry. It's regrettable that states have reached a point where the only avenue they have for justice is the courts. It's even more regrettable that this administration, this Congress, stand by and allow the federal courts to decide the nation's immigration policies. Taxpayers simply cannot continue to sustain new populations the size of San Diego or the state of Nevada every year. California is sending up the red flag that Washington should heed. Unprecedented demands are being placed on job markets, schools, hospitals, police, social safety nets, infrastructure, and natural resources. Unlimited new arrivals pressuring these systems threaten to overwhelm them. And he goes on. Oh, let's see. Most politicians agree that illegal immigration should end. My legislation would double border patrols and accelerate the deportation process for criminals and illegal entrants. But many lawmakers feel that lowering legal immigration is too dicey. This is a cop-out. The real injustice to future Americans would be to do nothing. America is proud of its immigrant tradition. This tradition should be reconciled with our responsibility to create a better country in which to live. If we do not take responsible steps today, we will be forced to take radical and sadly preventable action only a decade from now. You know, you can group that in the same uh, file folder as Dianne Feinstein and Hillary Clinton, everybody voting for a border wall in 2008. I mean, it was it was a, a huge majority of Democrats who voted for it. Bill Clinton talking about reasonable restrictions on illegal immigration and forcing the border, the rest of it. All of this outrage and crying of racism and, oh, they're, they're, they're Nazis. Do you know what being demagogued is? That's what this is. The, the, they've just figured out that they can whip people up and convince them that they're on the noble side of something or other if they merely turn 180 degrees for what from what they've been saying for their entire careers and start pitching you on this utopian open borders crap that no country in the world does unless they're so pathetic, so awful a country, nobody wants to come in. It's just unbelievable. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. Is there hypocrisy on the Republican side? Oh, yeah, are you kidding? M- mountains of it. it, it mountain ranges of it. Which is why it's so disappointing to me that so many people are getting suckered into the, my primary identity is I'm an R or I'm a D. And the purpose of my life is to defeat the other side because they're evil and we're good. Who's with me? And then when your side completely flips, I mean completely flips, just a few years later, 
you're every bit as adamant and every bit as angry and screaming every bit as loud in the streets and calling the other side Nazis every bit as much as when they held the other opinion that you were doing that for. I'm telling you. I don't know how much more of this I can take. That was my tip of the cap to Michael Savage, the good doctor. Always very kind to us. So uh, listen here. And number one, we could all calm down a little bit. Uh, number two, we could all r- recognize that, that politics is the art of duping us and f- defrauding us and bribing us to run which way or d- the other. Um, and, and concentrate on the fact, uh, on the real divides in, in American society. And, you know, interestingly, um, a lot of socialists, I mean, like real socialists, uh, social, your uh, your economic justice people are really discouraged by all the uh, the hypersensitive grievance grievance studies crap because they believe the real divides in America have to do with the haves and the have-nots. You know, I would say from my perspective, it's the the G versus the P. It's not R versus D. It's G versus P. It's the government class, the takers versus the makers, the people. And, and that ought to be what you're focused on. And there could be no more effective scam to distract you from that than to convince you that, no, 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 it's Republicans versus Democrats. That's what you ought to be focused on. Don't focus on us. Focus on each other. Does that make any sense to anybody? And the federal budget grows and grows and grows no matter who's in the White House, who's in the House, and who's in the Senate or what combinations there are. Doesn't that strike you as a little odd? Since the great divide is R versus D, that we ought to be fighting each other, doesn't that seem a little convenient? How rich D.C. is and how the only thing they produce there is government policy and how real estate just keeps going up, 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 up there. They don't have booms and busts. All they have is booms. Why? Because the federal budget always grows because they convince you that you really should take from the other guy and, and give that money to us and we'll give you the world that you dream of. And they get rich. So that's that's the big divide I see. The other one, and, you know, again, it is useless to the political parties who so many of you are so enslaved to, the giant difference between urban people, sub, suburban, and, like, the exurban rural people, and how they have such different views of, of uh, government because they have such different needs from government. And the idea that the people of Los Angeles should dictate to the people of Modoc County out in rural mountainous California, for instance, or, you know, pick the state you live. The people of Portland should dictate to the people of Bend, who should dictate to the people of way eastern Oregon out by that uh, Mayhew Wildlife Refuge, that we should all be dictating how each other should live, even though we have wildly different lives and wildly different needs for government, which is... You know, another reason I'm a small government guy, because if you have limited federal government, that means the states can step up and say, "Okay, what do we want to happen? And then if there's reasonableness and people aren't just so hardcore determined to control each other, the state can say, I mean, for instance, the site, the biggest state in the Union, California, where we happen to live, the state says, well, wait a minute, somebody living in L.A., somebody living downtown in San Francisco. Somebody, you know, on the beach in, in San Diego has really, really different needs for government than, than people in the suburbs and th- them from the farmers and the ranchers and those from the long-bearded militia guys out in the hills who only come down twice a year for provisions. 
So, you know, that's that's the long and short of why I'm a small government guy and why I'm always saying local, local, local. Stop investing the federal government with the power to determine what everybody's lives should be. That is the bluntest, stupidest, and most expensive instrument you could possibly pick to accomplish that goal. But I am whistling in the wind because most voters want a king and they only understand the president and 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 they they believe the lies that the government will give you a utopia. Moving along, police in Tennessee say a partially naked woman. Again, was she like wearing a tank top and her arms were naked? This is a key question. Uh, topless, pantless, uh, unclear from the reporting. Uh, sad state of journalism. Anyway. Sean, perhaps you can chase down the uh, the details on this story. But at, at any rate, police in Tennessee see a partially naked woman fell twice through a restaurant ceiling and landed in its kitchen. So there everybody's enjoying, enjoying a nice... Thank you, Charles Scrothammer. You are missed. Uh, 26-year-old Harley C. Morton was arrested Tuesday on charges including trespassing, trespassing and disorderly conduct. Well, I would say plunging naked onto somebody's table is not orderly conduct. But King, is it a crime? Kingsport Police says uh, a, a uh, employee of the cookout restaurant called 911 when a half-naked Morton fell halfway through the ceiling, pulled herself back up, <laughs> and began running around overhead. Responding officer, searching for Morton, found a wallet with her ID on the restaurant's roof, and then apparently she fell through the ceiling again while the officer was on the roof, Landed on the floor and was arrested by other officers who I'm sure were both pleased and surprised to see her. Um, I think they need a roofer there at the uh, cookout restaurant. More to come. Armstrong and Getty Show.